Welcome to the internationally known, world-renowned Two Bucks Sports Pod. I'm your co-host, Uncle Buckets, a.k.a. Championship Game Contender, a.k.a. the one and only, here with my buddy uh, Uncle Buck coming in uh, live from Ripley, Mississippi. Uncle Buck, uh, have you froze solid down there yet? I know uh, we've all had cold weather, but looks like y'all got a little bit more of it than we did. Man, I... uh... You wouldn't believe it, but it was roughly six degrees all weekend, and today we hit the 50s. Hey! If you don't like the weather in Mississippi, wait till tomorrow. <laughs> we uh we had a rough we had a rough weekend. We did. So it, uh, how- luckily it did the the weather was cold, but the hazards dodged us for the most part. Um, I'm sure you heard of rolling blackouts and everything like mm-hmm. that, but um, I'm just glad anything's better than ice. And yeah. so we dodged the ice. We even got a little snow yesterday and let the kids, uh, or on uh, Monday, let the kids get out and balls. So all yeah. is well that ends well. Yeah, you know, the weather here in South Carolina went from 70 to 40 like I saw a state trooper. And then by this weekend, we're going to be <laughs> back up cruising to 70 like we passed that son of a gun. So. Yeah. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just got to check up every once in a while. That's it, man. You got to pump those brakes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There was one time you and I were on the phone. I don't know if you remember this or not, but I said, man, that car's coming up quick. And I said, uh-oh, I got to let you go. I'm getting pulled over. <laughs> <laughs> I, do. I do remember that. You know. <laughs> yeah. Shout out, Kirk. My yeah. cousin, Kirk, fantasy football league member, Kirk Gibson, who uh, <clears throat> made his career out of ruining people's days. Yeah, you know, and he's also going to be a contributor to the podcast tonight, um, but uh, we'll get to that later at the end of the show. Oh, yeah? A little foreshadowing. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Um, but real quick, while we got you guys, uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, Drew and I have started a blog to go along with this podcast. I know we talked about it some last week. Um, <clears throat> with a one-a-week podcast, is hard to get to breaking news, game recap, talk about the things that we want to talk about as two loud mouths might want to do. Um, so the blog gives us an opportunity to pour out some thoughts. You know, uh, recently it's been more of a gripe session against the Memphis Grizzlies, but um, hopefully more, uh, hopefully better basketball is on the horizon. Uh, but it's to the number two, bucksportspod.com is where you can find that. Uh, give us a like, a share, a follow on there, as well as all your favorite podcast locations, Spotify, Google, and then uh, definitely our YouTube channel. Check it out if you want to watch us uh, and our shenanigans here in our home studios. Uh, definitely give us a like, share, and a follow. Yeah, we appreciate all guests to come on around. So, yeah. Well, have you got your Christmas tree down yet? No, I'm not that much of a Scrooge. I uh, I read recently that if you want good luck, and I need all that I can get this coming year. Uh, I think it's helping. Yeah. Well, not so far. Uh, you leave it up for 12 days after Christmas because you got the 12 days of Christmas. Supposed to leave it up for at least 12 days after. So I'll, I'll give it a little while. Well, we do still have our Christmas trees up, but the lights on the house are off. So we're making progress. I only yeah. have so much daylight uh, when I get off work. So I started with sure. the outside. There you go. You know, and, and the decor, I've got a, I got a, I, I'm a real tree guy. I might be a bit of a Scrooge and not put it up till later, but I at least put up the real thing. And so it makes my house smell nice. You know, it smells lovely in here. Nice crisp pine smell. So I like to leave it up for a, a few days to keep the place smelling nice. Crisp pine? Crisp pine. I knew you were going to oh. say that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, it smells good too. 
<laughs> I'm sure he, he looks like he would with that long hair, but yeah. Anyway. So, all right. Well, we were going to start this thing out with a new season. So mm-hmm. we've passed the Christmas season. And so now we've hit the new year's and like everybody does, we set ourselves some goals that we will mm-hmm. not keep. So Rusty, I want you to tell me the first resolution that you're not going to keep this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, Drew, uh, we'll get to this again here a little bit later, but it's to not overreact about the Memphis Grizzlies and their bad basketball as of late. Uh, and I can tell you I've already broken that a couple times today listening to a uh, shout-out to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Um, just hearing some of the stuff the players are saying, things are going around. Uh, I'm panicking. Not quite panicking, but I'm, I'm concerned. Uh, I have some very, very real concerns. So uh, it's not even the new year yet, and I'm already too worried about the Memphis Grizzlies and their basketball performance. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not that worried. You know, uh, they are definitely in a shooting slump, uh, and that happens. Like I told you, it's an 82-game season. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I'm not quite at the – I'm not pressing the button yet. My yeah. first – my first Christmas, I mean, New Year's resolution. It's one that I know I can keep. Mm. And so, you know, when you're setting goals, you're supposed to make them attainable. Mm-hmm. And so I resolve to not eat Christmas tree cakes until <laughs> December of 23. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Did you get your fill this year? Uh, my wife's stepmother bought me mm-hmm. my own box. Mm. Uh, I mm. let her have one, mm. uh, and by let her, I mean, she took one without me realizing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I had no other choice, mm. but eat the rest of them in one system. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> could get them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had, uh, I had three consecutive Christmas tree cakes. Nice. And, and took a nap. <laughs> nice. Yeah. As one would, you know, I got upset at work the other day, Drew. I try and keep my cool. I'm a professional after all. Um, as you like to say, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a doctor with the air quotes. Yeah. Um, the same as like a dentist, you know, <laughs> nobody's fair, right? calling you after hours. You're not really a doctor. No. Uh, yeah. You'd be surprised <laughs> though, how many people do call about their ankles hurting. But anyway, I digress. I had somebody in the clinic the other day acting a fool. And they said, when I mentioned Christmas tree cakes and how wonderful they are and he ruined my day. So I'm about to ruin yours. He said, aren't Christmas tree cakes, just zebra cakes shaped like a tree. Yes, they are. And I was like, yeah, but they're better. And he goes, no, it's the same. And I said, get out. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, deeper cakes are good. They are. But they do not have the crusty sprinkles on top that make them elite. So it's like a Diet Coke. Like, I mean, yeah, it's, you can tell there's some Coke in there, but something's missing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know flavor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like the good stuff, the good right. parts are missing. The sprinkles. Right. Exactly. No, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, my second resolution this year, you know, Drew, um, got to walk the line with this. Cause I know it's a problem for some people and I, and I get that. I respect that. I respect people that struggle with it. Um, but for me, I'm going to try and drink more whiskey this year. I want to find new brands. I want to find new distilleries. I want to find new flavors, smoked barrels, those different things. I'm going to drink more whiskey in 2023, and that's one I can keep. Well, I hope your other resolution is not save money. <laughs> talking about some money. <laughs> you ain't wrong. <laughs> you start looking at them single barrels and small yeah. batches. Ooh, boy. Mm. 
That's why tonight we're just drinking a little Old Forester, something smooth and easy for the podcast that doesn't cost an arm and a leg. Yeah, and I finished off a bottle <laughs> of uh, uh, Woodford Reserve that uh, Cousin David gave me, I don't know, probably a couple years ago. <laughs> so uh, my final resolution, I only came with two. So if you've got any more, you can just stack them on at the end. Um, I promise to not to have fewer technical difficulties to start this podcast <laughs> i know everybody if you we had a live stream a pre-podcast live stream you would <laughs> see the comedy of errors that was tonight going into this podcast <laughs> i had uh i knocked over a coke bottle a commemorative coke bottle trying to rearrange my desk and clean it off which actually made his desk look better but i digress yeah, it was uh don't worry rusty i have another one it's my <laughs> national championship uh coca-cola bottle and um, and then I found out that my computer cable has a short in it, so I can't charge it. So we're recording this on on the iPad again tonight. So <laughs> uh, 2023, let's uh, have fewer malfunctions. Here, here, I'll drink to that. Drew, you're not the only one, man. I uh, I've been wrestling. You know, I've been looking forward to this podcast tonight because it's an opportunity for a little feeling better. Um, I thought I'd get that last night in the Memphis Grizzlies and the Suns game, but I was sorely disappointed after what was a tough day yesterday. Um, I fancy myself to be somewhat handy, you know, able to fix most things and work on most well, things. You're until... a I'm a little handsy. <laughs> <laughs> it works out. <laughs> um, but I wrestled with a uh, washing machine hose yesterday for three hours. And could not get that summer gun undone. I tried every known remedy to man that I could think of from heat to penetrating oil, WD-40, hitting it with a little hammer, pop wrench, you name it. I've tried it. So to all of our listeners out there, both foreign and domestic, if you have any other suggestions, please drop them in the comments. Let me know. I need some help getting this washing machine. It's my cold water hose. It's stuck to the faucet in the wall. I've I've tried everything I can come up with to get rid of it. So if you got tips, pointers, or anything, put them in the comments for me. Well, you didn't ask me. I've got a tip. Um, you know, if a little hammer doesn't work, get a big one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, it'll come loose. I promise. <laughs> oh, it, it among other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, at some point, you've got to fix the problem, even if you create more. So. <laughs> I think I've got a main water switch somewhere. I'll probably hit it first, <laughs> just yeah. to be on the safe side. All right. Well, uh, what are you watching right now? You got anything on? Uh, I've got a, I'm kind of keeping up with some of the college bowl games that are going on. Uh, we're actually, you know, Drew, as the bowl season progresses, that's when we start getting some of the better bowls, you know. Right. Um, I, get, I was going to say this week starts the good week, mm-hmm. the good bowls. So we started with a good one today, Duke and Central Florida. I kept up with it a little bit. Duke ended up pulling away late. Uh, they won 30 to 13. Right now, Arkansas is absolutely I've got it on. Kansas. Yeah, I'm right. watching. I've got it turned on, man. It is just, it's a bloodbath. Arkansas can do no wrong. Um, whipping up on Kansas. One other game of note tonight, uh, Oregon and North Carolina kick off at 8 o'clock uh, from Petco Park out in San Diego. Um, yeah, did you, uh, oh, they're playing at Petco? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, so that, which is cool. How stadiums are playing in this year? I think three. So we got Petco, we've got Fenway, we've got uh, Yankee, Yankee Stadium. Stadium. Yep. Uh, Other than that, no other game of consequence tonight, really, that we would spend time talking about, right? Yeah. Uh, You know, did you see what um, 
Pat Narduzzi said about Drake May, the hmm. uh, quarterback at North Carolina. Oh, you're talking about uh, like with the NIL stuff? Right. Said mm-hmm. that he had he wasn't going to name who, but he had mm-hmm. heard in the coaching business that he had at least two offers of $5 million mm-hmm. of NIL money. Ford, uh, yeah. And he turned them down. So. Yeah. Um, but or an average ACC quarterback. Oh, uh, he's young. He's going to be fine. That's fair. I mean, uh, he he is not average. He's he's really good right now, and he's young. Uh, but there is one more football game tonight. My Rebels no. play at eight um, o'clock um. against the mighty Red Raiders of Texas Tech. <laughs> um, it snuck up on me. <laughs> uh, you know, National Signing Day was last week, and uh, man, they just turned around and played another game. Uh, <laughs> they're not gonna let those guys play, are they? So, no, no, unfortunately, not. And plus, y'all haven't really done your recruiting yet. Lane Kiffin is much more of a transfer portal guy than he is a high school recruit guy, so y'all's recruiting is just really getting started, right? Well, they signed 12 <laughs> players out of high school. Wow. And that was good enough for the 51st ranked class mm-hmm. in the in the nation. Mm-hmm. You have any comments? You know, uh, Mississippi State signed six of the top 15 in the state of Mississippi. So all this come to the SIP mess. But, but not the top two. Not so, the top two, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be my point about like, three in the top 10. Yeah. There's seven left in that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So we got we got the top two. You got three of the remaining seven. Okay. Quantity over quality. <laughs> yeah. That is exactly going to be my point. So listen, if you did it by a per player ranking, a per a rating per player, Ole Miss had the twelfth best per player ranking per player average in the country. Mm-hmm. And so what Lane has done, and what I think he is going to be on the cutting edge of because it can't it's not going to do anything but grow what you used to do when you were only recruiting high school players was that you were filling your roster with mid-level three stars just Mm -hmm. for depth Mm -hmm. and lane has said you know we are not going to just fill our roster with folks that we don't think can play Mm -hmm. so what you do is you just go out and you get the guys that you're convinced of now they missed out on a couple, but uh, missed out on their fair share. I'm sure I don't really follow recruiting until the end, mm-hmm. but uh, I thought it was very notable that he said, I'm not just going to fill my roster with folks that I'm not sure can play. We'll go get transfers and tra- people are still going to be hitting the portal after bowl games. Mm-hmm. And so, whereas, it's another reason why National Signing Day is not nearly as fun as it used to be. Hmm. Uh, I I see no fault in the logic of it. I guess now we're gonna he's gonna have a chance to prove his theory. Or that sounds like something somebody would say. Oh well, she she broke up. We broke up, but she was crazy, right? Like I didn't I didn't recruit these kids, so you know I know that um, Ole Miss kind of sweeped in on a few last second or one they they had a couple particularly there was one it was a legacy kid um, out of Itawamba that his daddy played at Ole Miss um, Ole Miss thought that they could just bank on him signing and they called him on signing day and he signed with Mississippi State 
So well, I hear I hear what you're saying, but I'm curious about that, Drew. And I want to I want to get your thoughts on it. And I've definitely got some, but like, you know, the experiment with the transfer portal is just starting, right? right. I'm curious what the data is going to look like. And we've talked about it a little bit on here. Like, what about the the schools like the Alabamas, Georgias, Mississippi State, who primarily recruit high school kids still, versus teams like USC for now, Ole Miss that actively work to transfer portal more. I'm curious what that like, what the records, what the win loss, what the titles and awards are going to look like in the future. Because like right now, and I know it's still early, Ole Miss last year worked to transfer portal, got quite a few kids come in, several huge contributors, great players. Um, and then had the same record as Mississippi State, who didn't work the transfer portal as much. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on so far what you think of the Lane Kiffin transfer portal experience. Well, I think that you cannot rely solely on the transfer portal, but I also think you cannot rely solely on high school kids anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. I think you've added a second level to this, and you mm-hmm. can't operate independent of the other. Right. Uh, Kirby Smart was saying at his national signing day, press conference he admitted he's going to have to start looking at the transfer portal because mm-hmm. these kids uh almost just landed a commitment from a five-star top 25 player from last year's class that went to a&m mm-hmm. you're telling me that i shouldn't i should pack my roster with three-star guys from Wamba when maybe the next day i can get the five-star that's disgruntled who's got his bag from texas a&m like mm-hmm. i'd I don't care. Like, that's the thing. Mm. And you're right. What ha- matters is what's on the field, and it's going to play out. But I just believe that there is a there is a path here outside of high school kids. Sure. Solely, solely out of high school kids. Now, uh, Ole Miss has a glaring hole now because they did lose one of their biggest losses on signing day was a four-star kid out of Nashville to play quarterback mm-hmm. who flipped. Uh, he decommitted uh, earlier last week and mm-hmm. ended up going to Texas A&M and for reasons we all know, you know. Right. Um, and so Luke Altmyer's transferred. You've got two, another guy that may transfer and then two guys who are walk-ons and Jackson Dart, and that's your quarterback mm-hmm. room right now. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to get into the portal in an emergency situation. Sure. Uh, and Lane has said, like, whereas – a lot of teams are looking for stars out of the transfer portal. There's mm-hmm. enough people in the transfer portal that you can go get backups late. Sure. Uh, sure. I mean, we had a thousand kids in there on the first day. Yeah. And so there's not, there's more kids than jobs. Yeah. So there's a large majority of them that just go back to school where they came from. Or they don't get picked up by anybody and their football days are over. And that's yeah, the other thing you got to remember. Down a league, you right. Know? And you, you got to remember too, like, with some of these kids, most and, and by and large, most of these kids work out. But there's a reason a lot of these kids go in the transfer portal. There are some circumstances where it's not a right fit, where it's not enough playing time, where the coach leaves and that sort of stuff. But you also have to deal with some of the baggage that may come with some of these kids. And you can get that with these kids coming out of high school. But oftentimes, you, there's a reason some of these kids are in the transfer portal. Right. I agree. And I agree that used to be the case a lot more now. Where sure. if you were transferring, that means you were probably not getting along with the coach. Sure. But now it's a way of life, and it's yeah. not, and it could be about nothing more than playing time. Mm-hmm. So when a five star from A and M, who I know has been recruiting lights out, tells mm-hmm. me that it's just about playing time, mm-hmm. well, I tell you what, I got the playing time. So <laughs> yeah, if, um, we'll see how it works out. Yeah, I mean, 
unless you suck, you're going to play. Yeah. And, yeah. We'll see how it works out. Uh, and I don't know if you saw this. Ole Miss announced an NIL partner today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, I don't, we're not a recruiting show. We're not solely an Ole Miss show, but uh, I thought Thank it was you. really interesting. They, uh, the uh, Grove Collective is what they call their NIL base mm-hmm. uh, through the university, announced a partnership with Wheels Up, the uh, charter flight company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so basically what they've promised is 15 kids come in and be spokesmen or whatever, and then their ret- part of their return and the return for the university and for the football team as a whole is that we'll fly your family in. You get tickets, and I believe it's with Delta, that will comp tickets for your family to come to games. That's cool. And so That's cool. And I thought it was pretty neat. And that it, is cool. That is cool. And it's an angle outside of mm-hmm. – I'm sure there's – for the 15 players that there's mm-hmm. a um, – there's probably cash involved. Oh, but, I'm sure. But for the program, you're talking about yeah. you're going to fly – for a lot of these people, colleges needs to be proximity so mom and dad can come see. Yeah. So, you know, that's going to help with that because that's another thing with the transfer portal. Like these kids, like they go far away from home. There's a higher likelihood that they're going to transfer back closer to home, particularly if they're not getting playing time. Mama gets sick, things happen. And so that's why you got to, in my opinion, you got to win your state and get the best players out of your state, which y'all got the top two. Um, I'll give you that. We got seven of the top 15. Um, you got to win your state. There's top 15 good players in the state of Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And, I mean, it works the other way, too. <clears throat> Jackson Dart was not happy at USC, and he's from California. Mm-hmm. Hey, come Some people want to get out. Folks. Yeah, absolutely. Some people want to get out of Dodge. But at the end of the day, I'm curious how it's going to work out. You know, we we kind of got hit by the transfer portal. Rara Thomas is gone. Uh, all reports are he's going to enroll in Georgia in the next couple oh, of weeks. I think he's um, already committed and signed. He's committed, but he hadn't enrolled yet. The enrollment period is not for another couple of weeks. And once he gets enrolled, he'll he'll be – and he'll be a great player at Georgia. He's a great receiver. Xavier Thomas looks like he's going to come back. Um, there's and you know Georgia also got that receiver from Missouri. Yeah, Georgia's going to be loaded the receiver position next year. And so that's why Xavier, I think, one reason he's coming back. And there's also rumors that um, now that everything's kind of settled down, um, that Dylan Johnson is likely, likely, not for sure, but likely coming back to Starville. Well, by your own logic, that must mean that nobody wants him. <laughs> not necessarily. <laughs> hey, by your own logic. So he's uh, he is entertain currently entertaining offers, but leaning leaning towards a uh, reuniting with Will and and Woody Marks back in Starville. So we'll see how how it works out. But um, yeah, all these things just make college football that much more interesting. And but you know, speaking of. It makes it more like the NFL, though, where sure. it's transactions. And but the NFL has a salary cap, and there's going to have to be some some kind of regulation, or it's going to be the Wild West. But what made what made college football so great for so long, as opposed to the NFL, was the uh, familiarity to the players. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like uh, my dad, and when we got tickets to Ole Miss baseball this year or last mm-hmm. year. Uh, and the reason why the championship made it so important to me and dad is it was like my first, my dad started following Ole Miss baseball when Tim Elko was a freshman. Mm-hmm. He was the highest rated recruit. And those, ben, Justin Bench, Tim Elko, and Kevin Graham all came in and w- they played for four years. You felt like you knew them. And then we got mm-hmm. to see them win it all. Football used to be that way mm-hmm. where you, you get to, you get that interpersonal connection and you feel like those are your guys. 
Yeah. And, you know, you just don't really have that same attachment to the players. I still cheer for the laundry, you know, but Mm -hmm. just you don't have that same interaction with the players anymore. Sure. Sure. Yep. Um, but speaking of interesting college football, like I said earlier, it's uh, it's the bowl season when the games start picking up. So tomorrow we have the Pinstripe Bowl at Yankee Stadium, Syracuse, Minnesota. Um, the Cheez It Bowl. At, recently, I learned this just yesterday mm-hmm. that Cheez It is the name of the cracker. Okay. In order to make it plural, it's Cheez It Crackers. Cheez It's is wrong. Didn't know that. I'm not adding a, an extra word to make it plural. That's how it's technically supposed to be, but we're from Mississippi. We shorten our state anyway. I'm still going to call them Cheez-Its. Yeah. Um, um, when you eat a handful, it's Cheez-Its. If you eat yeah. one, it's a Cheez-It. <laughs> Cheez-Its. <laughs> that's it, Cheez-Its. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's Oklahoma-Florida State, which I think is a, it's, it's a, it's a decent matchup there. Again, it's a rivalry renewed with Brett Venables facing Florida State. Um, uh, that's at 530 from Orlando, Florida. And then tomorrow night at nine from the Alamo Dome in, Dome in San Antonio with Texas and Washington. So some- That's actually a pretty good game. I mm-hmm. I was higher on Texas all year. I think mm-hmm. I still think they're better than what they are. And I know Texas is always known for, you know, being overhyped. You know, like mm-hmm. is, but like they were genuinely good all year. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, they, I don't know. They just never quite panned out. I'm curious what's going to happen. We've talked about it on this podcast, but. Uh, Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning are two of the highest rated high school recruit recruits of all time in the history of, of 24-7 sports. And so I'm curious what's going to happen next year when they decide they land on a starter. If they stick around, Arch leaves. If Quinn goes and gets a bag at yet another university, um, I'm curious what that's going to do for that quarterback battle. Well, I'm, ho- I'm, I'm guessing that Arch Manning is hoping that Texas has an incredible year and Quinn Ewers has an incredible year and then he goes to the draft. Right. You know, um, that family is they're good family. They're good people. Uh, They're not going to be the kind to rush the process. I don't think that's why, you know, I've made the joke that and and I believe if he ever got in the portal, Ole Miss would have a shot. But I just don't put that on them. I don't think they're going to be the kind to hit the eject button quickly. Did you watch the the night Eli got drafted? Uh, Yeah. Uh huh. And they hit the ejecto cedo cuz when he got uh, was heading to San Diego and pitched. Yeah, a fit. what allegiances did he have to the Chargers? They were the worst run franchise in the world. What allegiance does Arch have to Texas? True, <laughs> but I, it would need a coaching change, is what I'd say, because they did huh. commit to Sark. Huh. I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah. a, just one example. You're right. Overall, great family. It was, great yeah. The difference um, is Arch had his pick of the litter. And they chose Texas. Um, Eli was had to uh, keep San Diego from choosing him. <laughs> and they did that by being uh, producing a little drama on draft night. But anyway, hey, it worked. He got two Super Bowl MVPs out of it. Worked out. So um, uh, Friday, December thirtieth, got some good bowls. Du- the Duke's Mayo Bowl it used to be an SEC I bowl. I not watch that one. Yeah, it used to be an SEC bowl. It used to be the Belt Bowl, the but Belt it's not bowl. anymore. Um, they let mayonnaise sponsor it, and so Drew's out. But uh, it's Maryland, North Carolina State. Um, <clears throat> we have, ironically, we have the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. It used to just be the Sun Bowl. Now Tony right. the Tiger sponsored sponsored by the Sun. Yeah, right. It has a planet or a star. Yeah. Excuse me, it has a star that sponsors it. Um, but we have the Panthers of Pittsburgh playing in the Tony the Tiger Bowl against UCLA. 
Um, and then one game I'm super excited about is that Notre Dame South Carolina game. It's tomorrow. It's Friday at 3:30 from TIA Bank Field in Jacksonville. I, I, you know, these are two fan bases that are passionate. South Carolina is going to drink all the PBR and Natty Ice you can find in Jacksonville. And Notre Dame, I, I think it's going to be a great football game. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with you. That's that's one I'm looking forward to. Yeah, um, shout out Shane Beamer who was at Mississippi State when I was there. Uh, great recruiter. Uh, great opportunity for a big win for that for that uh that's cool. Do you have any thoughts on the Ole Miss uh tech game? Because I don't because I my thoughts on bowls are well documented at this point. I think just whoever wants it more, like who yeah. cares? Yeah. Um I think it's I, gonna know, be, I think tech I, you know, I think, I think tech probably them, I, No. Yeah. No, no, no. I think I think tech's gonna want it more because Ole Miss was undefeated, you know, had a front loaded cupcake schedule, came into conference play, kind of kind of stumbled to the finish not playing for as much as Tech is. Honestly, I, I really don't have a ton of thoughts on it. That'd be my only one. Yeah. I don't um, really – there's not any big folks sitting out for Ole Miss. Uh, I don't know yeah. about Texas Tech. Um, so, I, I, just, I saw something today that made me think of you, and it said uh, when the SEC schools are losing bowl games, eh, it doesn't really matter. It's just bowl games. Who cares anyway? But when the SEC are winning bowl games, SEC, SEC. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I've been to a number of bowl games. I've never mm. chanted SEC in any of them. <laughs> uh, I don't cheer for the SEC. Mm-hmm. I don't think that anything about Mississippi State, Arkansas, LSU, Auburn, South Carolina, Kentucky, nothing that they do good helps Ole Miss. So I hope they all lose every game, period. You know we share bowl revenue, though, right? I don't care. There's okay. enough money. Yeah. Shoot. <laughs> what, what has bowl revenue ever bought us? Like, yeah. We're still in the bowl game. You don't win more if you win it. <laughs> bigger, bigger pieces of the pie to share. If that was, if that mattered, they should have kicked Vanderbilt out. That <laughs> no, I don't. I don't cheer for SEC teams. That's fair. Um, Unless they're the, playing state. There it is. <laughs> in the inaugural Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl sidebar, if we get big enough to sponsor a bowl game, where is it going to be at? Where's the two bucks sports bowl game going to be at? Larry B. Mitchell Stadium. Cossuth, <laughs> Mississippi. Let's go. <laughs> We're going to take uh, the two worst teams in FBS and shuttle them to Cossuth, uh, give them a slug burger apiece, yep. tell them to go hit each other, yep. and send them on their merry way. It's going to be like. New Mexico State versus Connecticut every year. <laughs> That's it, man. It'll be uh, not even Warrior Stadium in Corinth, man. Larry B. Mitchell right there at the four-way stop in Kasuth, baby. No, don't give the city the income. That's what I'm saying. Put it out there. You got to shop, the, shop at the Aggie Mart. That's it. Shop at the Aggie Mart. Uh, RIP to the Hitchin Post out there. Let them sponsor oh, the uh, – dude, the Hitchin Post was the best for pregame meals, meals grandpa, in general. My grandpa Ooh. ate every morning at the Hitchin Post, and it mm. burned. And they put in another trailer slash restaurant yeah. right there. Have you heard mm-hmm. what it's called? Uh, I think – remind me because it's been a minute. The pig trough. That's it. I knew it was something to trough. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Nothing will replace Memo Wilhite, Hitchin Post. Uh, their sweet tea took five minutes to pour because it was straight molasses. molasses but it was good, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the, the two bucks sports pod – uh, Hitchin Post Memorial Bowl game at Larrabee yes. Mitchell Stadium. <laughs> yeah. uh, but You'll in the have ball- fifth quarter at the Blue Bill, Napoli. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Oh, what was that cat's name that used to sing the Rocky Raccoon song? Had the glasses, the guitar and harmonica. Was he still there when you were there? No, man. He graduated oh, like a decade you. before I did. <laughs> His name will come to me after the pod, and I'll put it in. A, I'll make a blog about it. But anyway, Barstool Sports, Arizona Bowl, Ohio and Wyoming. Who cares? Hey. Um, it's an age-old rivalry, though. It is Bobcats, a.k.a. Murder Kittens, versus the Cowboys. So there's that. Okay. Uh, Tomorrow, Friday night is the Capital One Orange Bowl, the literal Orange Bowl, Tennessee versus Clemson in the Orange Bowl, all the orange. <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you the orange team wins Friday night. The uh, ten, uh, Clemson's going to win that game because they're going to let their good quarterback play for once. <laughs> because DJ uh, Ulali is transferring to Oregon State. He's going to be a beaver. Yeah. And they'll um, be good. I learned my lesson. I have picked against Josh Heupel twice, and they smacked their opponents both times. So, uh, uh, Ball Nation, that's probably the kiss of death, but I think uh, I think Tennessee wins that game. Joe Milton's going to – he's got a monster arm. He's going to throw for 1,000 yards. Yeah. All right. Uh, Saturday, we'll kind of move, move quick through the rest of them. Saturday, Iowa versus the fight and Will Levises. I still don't get why he's – uh, uh, Mel Kuyper has him better than Bryce Young in his most recent mock draft. Because of the measurables, he's big. He's big, and that's the only reason he puts mayo in his coffee. Get out of here. Music City Bowl, Iowa, and Michigan. And I was like the worst fans. We played them in the Music City Bowl a few years ago. They were, yeah, they were obnoxious. They were arrogant. And I'm like, dude, you're Iowa. You go eight and four every year. Like, it's cool that you wave to the kids and all, but like, you live in Iowa. Like, why are you so arrogant for? I bet I would be fun to live in. (laughs) Look, you like (laughs) corn starks and cold, right? Uh, yeah, I like corn stalks. Then Saturday night, uh, Alabama, Kansas State. I did think Kansas State was going to kind of walk on Alabama. And then uh, Will uh, Anderson and Bryce Young said, it's we over me. We're going to play in this bowl game. So my opinion has changed a little bit. Yeah, give me Bama. I think Bama wins that one. Um, dun, 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 Monday, January 2nd, 12 o'clock noon, sharp, Raymond James Stadium. The United States as a whole will be rooting for Mississippi State. Um, shout out to Ole Miss, too. It's a cool little sticker, the Mike Leach with the cowbell. A lot of schools have been wearing that, but um, I hate them a little less today after seeing that. Um, but Mississippi State, Illinois, and the Relax West Bowl on Monday, January 2nd, first day, of the first game of the day. Yeah. Um, you want to, I mean, uh, you want to sit down on that one and tell me what you think? Or? <sighs> Emotional games are tough. You know, they could go one way or the other. Uh, I What I hope is we come out, we play hard, uh, we fight for Mike Leach, the memory of him. I hope there's Jolly Roger flags everywhere. They fire the cannons from the, the pirate ship for him. And I hope that that can really, you know, inspire the troops, if you will. Oftentimes, though, in these emotional games, you get a little bit of that hangover. So I'm a little bit nervous, particularly because, you know, while they haven't been playing SEC teams, Illinois has a top 10 defense and they're really good, particularly against the pass. Their secondary is, is really fast. They swarmed to the football. They started off five and one. They almost they should have beat Michigan. Um, some shoddy officiating and, and weak play calling at the end of the game cost them that. Um I think Mississippi State wins, and what's a very emotional game, but I think it's really, really close. I think it, sh- it should be a really good bowl game. I think that is one of the better bowl games in terms of care factor mm-hmm. because um, neither team really um, – they play for bowl games. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
<clears throat> outside of, I mean, Mississippi State plays for the Egg Bowl and the Egg Bowl alone. But mm-hmm. um, Illinois, I mean, they're in a ball game, and when they make it to a ball game, they're going to be excited about it. And mm-hmm. so, I'm a, I'm excited about that. One. I'm going to watch it. Um, it's going to be a good game. I'm, I've, uh, I've called Lauren and asked him to send me a shirt, um, <laughs> because re- regardless of uh, my feelings on Mike Leach, uh, I didn't cheer for Mississippi State when he was the coach. So I thought <laughs> I <know. laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, then shout out to Cheese It, Cheese Its, because they have two bowl games that they're sponsoring. Oh, seriously? Um, yeah, the Cheese It Citrus Bowl now. Okay. Uh, LSU, Purdue, uh, you know, SEC, Big Ten. Give me the SEC all the time. I couldn't care less about that. LSU's game. not going to care about that game. No, they're not. No, no, they're not. And Brian Kelly cannot win a bowl game. They got, they got, they got that smoke every time he was at Notre Dame. So, no. um, and then uh, two more. We'll wrap this up. Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. I, this game I'm, I'm intrigued by because, um. USC got mollywhopped by Utah after Caleb Williams just laid an egg in that game. And they're playing Tulane. And this is Tulane's moment in the sun, much like Boise State. This is an opportunity for them to prove themselves against the Blue Blood that we've arrived. That coach has done a phenomenal job. His name's escaping me right now. Tulane coach. um, Willie Fritz. Thank you, Willie Fritz. Coach Fritz, phenomenal job at Tulane. Their defense is really good. Um, I think that game is going to be a fun one to watch. And look out for those. That group of five bowl game, it seems mm-hmm. like they're always paired up against somebody who just missed out on the playoff. Yeah. And uh, that's how UCF beat Auburn that time. Yep. They're all, one team is excited to be there and mm-hmm. one team is not. And it's right. that group of five team. Sometimes they just get out class with uh, the, the caliber of player, but they want it more. Yeah. And uh, they're and, excited about being there. It's the biggest game they will ever play in. Right. This is the biggest game for Tulane since they played for an SEC championship in like 1949. And they will be the best dressed football team in all the bowl games. <laughs> Absolutely. So Absolutely. Uh, that's, that's Saturday, uh, Monday at one. And then the Rose Bowl is Monday at five. Utah, Penn State. Uh, Utah's a good football team, man. They're not the same team that, that uh, lost to Florida. They're a good football team. Yeah. Uh, I'm pulling for Utah. I don't pull yeah. for Penn State. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, they're good, and <laughs> they're good every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're like, just uh, one of those teams. They're like Iowa, <laughs> except if Iowa was really, really good. You know, uh, Kyle Willingham, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Whittingham, Whittingham, Whittingham. Yeah, I mispronounced mm-hmm. that. Kyle Whittingham has got to be the longest tenured coach in the college football in the Power Five. One yeah. of them. Yeah. And He's stuck at Iowa, and they are never bad. In a lot of years, they are really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's just a matter of time. They they seem like they're one loss away from the playoff mm-hmm. every year. Every year, yeah. And it seems they, like they have a the, stupid loss that, that keeps them out. The, and it seems like every year the uh, Pac-12 champion always misses the playoff because they lose to Utah. Yeah, so they yeah. Lose one inexplicably, but then they beat everybody else. It's usually Utah or Oregon State, and Oregon State is usually the inexplicable. Why are you losing to Oregon State? <laughs> right, right. right. Yep. Uh, but, uh, yeah, some good bowl games coming up. Uh, real quick, did want to mention, I know you're not a huge college basketball guy, probably because y'all you know, lost to Tennessee tonight. But, anyway, conference play hey, has we're, started. We were leading at the half. Yeah, but it, what, well, what about the end of the game? That's a win. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You did hang with Tennessee. Was it? Yeah. Conference I play. I one time. Ole Miss did not score for four minutes 
and we're still only losing by three. Yeah, it's much better than uh, Memphis Grizzlies, man. Woo. Yeah. But uh, conference basketball started Alabama and Mississippi State. We tip off in about 30 minutes. Um, or no, excuse me, an hour. It's 9.30 local, 8.30 central. Um, conference play is here. I'm excited. This one, basketball season really picks up. You know, you've made it through non-conference. State finished 11-1, and one, had a bad loss against, you know, Drake, who's a decent team. They're usually like that 15-16 seed, but, you know, tough loss. But still. AKA a bad team, a, a bad team in a worse conference. There That's it is. Seed for you. But 11-1 and in non-conference play, we'll find out tonight. It's a tough week this week because we got uh, Alabama. I think we're at, home, we're at Alabama tonight and then home for Tennessee this weekend or, or the other way around. But it's a, it's a it's a brutal week this week. We'll find out what we're made of for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, you'll find out what you're made of. You had, like you said, Ole Miss had a cupcake first seven season games in the, uh, in the uh, football season this year. That's what State's had, and they lost one mm-hmm. of them. So sure. You're – no one should be beating their chest and everybody should just be paying attention to see how they stack up against Alabama because mm-hmm. they have played the schedule and yeah. they have, yeah, they are a true blue blood. I mean, they beat some good basketball teams this year and they almost beat UConn. They beat North Carolina. They beat Houston. They played some really good basketball. Um, but tonight's games, man, we've got some, some great conference games. We got Kentucky, Missouri, Florida, and Auburn are tied at 34 right now. Um, let's see. Other SEC, nobody cares about these other ones. Just talking about SEC, Alabama, Mississippi State. Oh, it is nine o'clock. We do tip off in 30 minutes. Arkansas plays at LSU tonight. We're home against Alabama, so that does play in our favor. Um, the only SEC game so far, Tennessee won 63 to 59 in Oxford. Um, so good basketball starting. This is when the season really starts to pick up. Um, and we, we get some good games. So and I promise I will pay attention. I like it because this is when it starts to matter. And sidebar, uh, the number two UConn Huskies are currently playing Villanova, and it's 58-53 UConn with four minutes to go. So that's a close game. Villanova 7-5, UConn's 13-0, and a, a really good basketball team. Wow. So this is when college yeah, basketball early. starts to matter. Yeah. So, uh, props. All right. Well, uh, that's enough college football uh, unless uh, you want to just uh, turn this to a live stream and watch the Reds in 30 minutes. Uh, nah. All good. Let's talk about them. I don't even want to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, the Grizzlies. Uh, So, for everybody, we invite you to check out our website for uh, what what has been a game-by-game recap uh, Mm -hmm. by Buckets here. He's been really on the ball with getting content on the website. And so, uh, the Grizzlies are on a tough stretch here. Uh, Since we last talked, uh, we were really hyping up that – Christmas Day matchup against Golden State, and it was everything we expected it to be mm-hmm. in terms of intensity. It had that playoff atmosphere. Uh, the Warriors hit everything, and mm. the Grizzlies hit nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's been the trend uh, because the Grizzlies lost again last night to Phoenix, uh, just got blown out at home mm-hmm. against uh, a Devin Booker-less Phoenix team. Uh they started ja, two guys. They started two guys on two-way contracts. Yeah, the jaw had thirty plus, and nobody else chipped in. I mean, hey, it's real uh, quick, real quick. Sorry to interrupt you there, but that's a good. This I got a good. I got a question for you. What do you think the Grizzlies' record is this year? There's been twelve times. Ja has twelve times gone thirty plus, thirty or more points. What do you think the Grizzlies' record is when Ja scores thirty or more in twelve games? 
in 12 yeah, yeah. games? Well, 12 since you're games. asking it, ask me. I'm going to assume it's pretty bad. Um, uh, six and six. Close. We're five and seven, including losing the last three in a row. Uh, the last time we won and Josh scored 30, he had 33 against Detroit way back on December the 4th. Um, we won the first three that he scored 34, 49, and 38, but we lost the last three in a row on this road trip and then at home last night when Josh scores 30-plus. I was surprised by that. Yeah, and that's not indicative of anything. Sure. Really, because Josh's incredible, and he's going to be incredible when we win. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm not going to get on this podcast and say he needs to be passing the ball, you know. No, because no, no. Especially last night. Like, he was the only one. Him and Desmond Bain were the only two in double figures last night. And it was just more of a surprising stat. And you could see there was some visible frustration in Ja last night. He was – he slammed the ball a little bit more. His facial expressions were, were not great. Um, and he didn't even play the last seven minutes. Um, and he just sat on the bench and was very quiet. So his body language yeah, yesterday yeah. was very much one of frustration. Well, and that was a game that was out of hand quick, too. Right. And so uh, it's a lot of that. Sometimes it's better to get beat bad and put it behind you mm-hmm. quickly than mm-hmm. it is to lose a heartbreaker and look, carry mm-hmm. it along. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joss has been incredible. The mm-hmm. supporting cast has been bad. Yeah. Um, and just case in point, I don't know if you follow, um, it's called Shot Quality on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So Shot Quality basically takes all the the shots and whether <laughs> the, on average, if the percentage you make or miss and then uh, extrapolate that throughout the whole game on every shot and it has a score. Now it doesn't look to see whether you made it or miss it, but based on the quality of shot that you took, whether you should mm-hmm. or should not have won that game. Sure. Or the Christmas day game against uh, golden state, <clears throat> it was a shot quality upset. So the final score was 123 to 109. Golden mm-hmm. State over the Grizzlies. The shot quality score had it Grizzlies 121, Warriors 117, and the Grizzlies would win that game 58% of the time, mm-hmm. uh, which means we lost 12 points versus what we were expected, and uh, Golden State was up six. And that was obvious. If you watch that game, never do you get that bad. Uh, that bad of defense or bad of oh, luck, yeah. I guess, on open threes. I mean, they couldn't hit anything, and they gave up everything. Jordan Poole was incredible until mm-hmm. he inexplicably got thrown out, and the rest were just garbage. Oh my gosh! At one point they had like at one point they called a very ticky ticky foul. It was probably a foul technically by the rules when Ja grabbed James Wiseman's jersey. It was late. Jaren. It was Jaren. sorry, Jaren grabbed yeah. James Wiseman's jersey. And then they put Clay Thompson on the free throw line. Even the announcers, Mark Jackson was saying, why is Clay Thompson shooting these free throws? The foul was on James Wiseman. And it's the difference in one of the, the league's, the all-time great shooters in the league. Guy shoots, he's like a career above 90% free throw shooter versus James Wiseman, whose career is like 38. So, like, it's a massive difference. And Jaron's got to do better. I'm a Jaron apologist. I think the Grizzlies are better when Jaron is on the court. Mm-hmm. I think if he did not take a shot offensively, they are better on the court with Jaron back there. But he got five fouls in that game. He played, I think, 
by the end of the game, he ended up playing 20 minutes. But he mm-hmm. played the whole fourth quarter on five fouls mm-hmm. uh, and just basically limited his <clears throat> his use there. Uh, and the thing is, is his fouls are garbage fouls. They're, it's like the play you were talking about where Wiseman steps up yeah. and yeah. sets the, screen, the ball screen for Clay, and he just grabs his jersey while he's trailing him to set the screen. It's just stupid stuff. And it's yeah. it's plays where he gets beat, and instead of giving up the layup, he just hacks him after the shot. And in as vital as he is to our defense, mm-hmm. one foul is worth a lot more than two points by the other team. He's got to be smarter. Yeah, and that's, I talked about that a bit in the blog. You know, Jaron is here. We're in year four. Um, this is when he should really start making a turn, right? He should start playing more mature basketball, not these little reaching fouls going more straight up for the block shots, not leaning into it, hacking people on the arm. And we're not seeing that, you know, it was kind of a poor timing. It's on an article today. I meant to send it to you, but it was about, it was through ESPN. One of the ESPN writers talking about how Jaron has made the turn to the elite player. He should be. And I thought, you know, that's a good thought, but have you watched he the last is, though. game? That's the thing. No, no, hear me out. He is, but he still has these moments of just boneheaded immaturity, grabbing James Wiseman's Jersey these little ticky fouls that could technically be fouls. He just keeps making poor decisions. And over the like one year, like his first year, he was a great offensive player and he wasn't great on defense. The second year, he was a great two point scorer, great on defense. Third year, last year in and out of his injury, but he was shooting the three ball really well and defending him at a high level this year. He's not shooting super well. He's blocking every shot that comes up in the paint. But his off the out of the paint on ball defense has definitely declined a little bit this year. Oh, see, I disagree uh, with that. His defense has been incredible. Still, it the problem is so you're right in the paint. Yeah, it's you're been right. incredible in the paint. Yeah, he's he started out his career offensively great, found too much on defense. The reason why I'm frustrated this year is because last year it seemed like he fixed it. Last year he only found out of I think five games. And he only found out. Of, he's only found out of two games this year, I believe. But it's the it's the details. It's the little things. It's the fouling on shots that you're not really contesting. It's it's the emotional. It's the ticky tack things. It's the lazy things, where instead of uh, moving your feet around that screen that James Wiseman is setting, you're going to grab his jersey instead. Mm-hmm. And it's the things that he didn't do last year and the things that was – it was noted by everybody because he was first-team all-defense in the NBA last year. Uh, and that's because he was staying out of foul trouble un- until the playoffs when Steven Adams was out and Minnesota uh, barbecued him and he couldn't stay out of foul trouble playing the center position. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> Jaron – Fouls per game. He's averaging in his first year, he averaged five fouls per game. His second season, it was six fouls per game. Dropped to four. He dropped, averaged six fouls per game? Yes, according that, to StatMuse. Yeah, according <laughs> to StatMuse. Okay. Um, and this year, he's averaging, he's averaging right under five fouls per game. Like, but, but the thing you've got to look at is it's not necessarily the number of fouls, it's when you're getting them. So – Agreed. That's again. That's what I'm trying to say. He's showing that immaturity, that lack of growth right, that I'm right. hoping for. It's awareness once you get your fouls. You know, uh, he sat out. He got two within the first four minutes of the first quarter. 
set out the f- whole first qu- rest of the first quarter, and then within seconds of the second quarter, he had another boneheaded foul. And here's and the here's here's the, the thing with that. Time. Some of that's on Coach Jenkins. Demichael Cole this week from the Commercial Appeal was talking about that. Like, in order for Jaron to mature through some of this, Jaron has ownership responsibility he has to take. And then coach needs to leave him out there and let him learn how to play with high fouls. Like he uh, clearly he's going to be a three to four foul, five, five foul guy per night. He needs to learn how to play with those. And the only way you do that is by playing our defense, you know, for, for my critiques of him, our defense is infinitely better when he's on the court. And the only way we're going to be able to figure out how to play with those high fouls is to play with high fouls. I get well, you. Take, if he gets three in the first quarter, you pull him and let him play in the second half. I get that. But at the same time, like we need to learn how to play with higher fouls. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I've been on this for a little while because what it is, is he played 20 minutes and he played 10 of those minutes with with five fouls. Right. And so if he did not foul out of that game, but he took him out of the game because of fouls. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like you took him out of the game because of fouls, but at the end of the game when the clock hit zero, he still had a foul to give. Mm-hmm. So you you took him out of the game unnecessarily right. to protect him from fouling out in a game in which he did not foul out. So it, it is better to leave him out there and let the team be at their be- fullest potential as long as possible. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. even when he gets those fourth fouls, let him play because our defense is so much better and we need him. We needed him last night against Phoenix. We needed him against Golden State. When he's yeah. in foul trouble, he's sitting on the bench. It doesn't help. And, like, I mean, he's he's a, he's a moderately good, moderate, moderate to good three-point shooter. We need him on the floor for those shots. You know, we need him out there taking the shots because, Drew, in our last four games – we are 29 for 118 from behind the arc for yeah, 24%. I mean, it's bad, and we need him on the floor to help Desmond with that. And that shooting is not uh, indicative of what – that's not a sign. That That's a slump. Right. Uh, Conchar has been terrible. Bain is coming off an in, a foot injury, which you know you can't get mm-hmm. up to – you can't mm-hmm. keep your conditioning with a foot injury. So uh, I listened. I listened uh, to a, a, an interesting, sorry, an interesting little podcast today. He talked about that, um, the Locked On Grizzlies podcast uh, with Demichael Cole, Desmond Bain this year. Um, let's see, I'm pulling it up right now. Stat me is his uh, his first like four games. Like he didn't score. Terrible. He didn't score above 15 points. Right. And then like after that fourth, I think it was the fourth or the fifth game. Let's see, I got to pull it up right here. It was the actually it was one, two, three. The fifth game he scored 32. Uh, and then his next game, 19, 28, 19, 29, 32. Like, he's really went off. And it wasn't until October that he really started taking off. And so it's going it, to – he's clearly a guy that takes a little time to warm up. He's a rhythm running back, just like uh, uh, like Mark, Mark Ingram was at Alabama. The more they gave him the ball, the better he played. And so, um, like, he needs to shoot those shots to kind of get in a rhythm um and, and it, it's going to come with time we're going to get there he's just got to get back but i tell you who we really miss is zaire's minute zaire has not been playing good basketball recently and i know he's come back from injury but he has just been he has been bad i've been confused with kind of how they're playing him in the rotation because they're playing him exclusively in bench minutes uh mm-hmm. and basically asking him to be the guy and that's just not him yet you know and so um 
I agree. Uh, he, he, I, and that's, that's where he belongs. He belongs on the second unit. He comes in and he spells, you know, Dylan for a little bit, gives him a little break. Um, but we needed to shoot. His offense last year helped us in a lot of spots. And he's that guy that's going to fill that, like, I know we've talked about him a little bit on here, and he's not played great last couple of games, but a DeAnthony Melton type that can come off the bench, that can get you some points, that can give you some solid perimeter play. And he's another guy that can clear the lane for Brandon Clark on that second unit or when Jaws getting minutes with the second unit early in the second quarter. Like he's that guy that can come in and give some spacing. And we just like we need him to be better. He is not. Uh, let's see his last. He scored seven, three, six, two, two, eleven. And then in the last the last three, let's see, the last three games he's played were seven, three, six and then two for the last four, two points against Denver. Uh, in 17 minutes, just not good basketball. Yeah, and I'm just not worried about the Grizzlies as a whole right now. Um, we did this last year where you just kind of piecemealed uh, basically a whole regular season together because you were missing mm-hmm. everybody. Give them some time to get back, and then we'll evaluate the All-Star break. I just think <laughs> they're going to be fine. Here's my take on that. I agree. I think we're going to be – I think we're we have just as good as anybody – of a shot to come out of the Western Conference this year and go play for an NBA title. I really, I believe that in my soul. Um, but we have a bigger spotlight on us this year for two reasons. It, one of them is a good reason because we're a better basketball team. We're on that cusp, right? Golden State was talking about us at their championship parade. So clearly we're rent free in that head of Draymond and Clay. Like they talked about the Memphis Grizzlies in their championship parade. So we're right. clearly there. Number two, we talk so much on Twitter and in interviews. I love it. I'm here for it. I hope it continues. I don't want it to stop. I want I hear me. I love it. But that puts a bigger spotlight. That puts a bigger target on you. And Dylan Brooks, uh, shout out to DeMichael Cole from the Commercial Appeal, reported that when he asked him in the, in the locker room after the game, like, what happened? And Dylan's words were, we're talking a lot of trash. And when teams talk back, we're freezing right now. And that right. is like, that is a great self-reflection and a hundred percent what's happening. Golden state showed up. They, they play great basketball. They talked a ton of noise. Shay, uh, Clay did that little shimmy at mid court over Dylan's fallen body. Um, Draymond was looking at Dylan all night long. I, I hear jaw, like I'm fine in the West. That's great, but let's play like it. Jaw is, but we need that supporting cast. Right. Uh, and, Nobody looked this up, but uh, and nobody tweet this out. But uh, Josh said that we're all right in the West, but we're nine and ten overall against teams in the Western Conference. Right. So no, I we get ain't. what he's saying, and I uh, like you. I love it. And mm-hmm. you missed the most important reason why everybody's got us circled. It's because we were the two seed in the West last year. We're good. We're good. That's why. No, that's what I'm saying. It sure we talk. And but teams know that if they're going to play us, we're going to pack their lunch, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's a good thing. But like Taylor Jenkins said, we learned we got good at being the hunters, mm-hmm. but we've got to get good at being the hunted. Yeah, we've got that target on our back. You know, Golden State came into that game. You know, it, it's like Nick Saban calls it. It's rat poison. We gave them a ton of rat poison, right? We had a ton of locker room material, a lot of tweets, a lot of talking. And again, I'm here for it. I want them to keep it up and do it more. But we have got to stop freezing when teams talk back. You know, Drew, you and I both played sports growing up. Like, 
people talk trash. That's part of it. And you have to be able to respond when people talk back. And then what happens is we get down by 19 to Phoenix last night and we can't overcome it. And then they're running their mouths and we just lock up and don't play well. Yeah. And that was, I don't know. I, I don't, that was the first game. And I know you've been, uh, you've been a little bit more pessimistic to me. I think it's safe to say uh, that was the first game that I would have called inexcusable. Um, we've lost some games that um, you were harder on them than I was like uh Golden state game. I wrote it off as we just got outshot and we got outshot by a team who took some crazy shots and we, we didn't hit them. You, if you've got the looks, you got to hit them. And I believe that the law of averages says that those shots will fall. And yeah. so I'm just, uh, I've been that, that game, that game last night was, that was bad. That was the worst one I've seen. I wouldn't say I've been pessimistic. I've been more critical for sure, because we're a better basketball okay. team than That's the way fair. we play. Yeah. We are a much better, like, I just see the potential there. Like we've got the, the talent to be the number one seed in the Western conference. And I firmly believe that we still will be, we've got that talent, but what happens Drew, is like, when you've got that talent, like you look at like, like you're going to have off nights, but like you look at Milwaukee, you look at Golden State, you look at the Bulls back in the 90s. Like when these teams are making like these championship type seasons, night in and night out, you have an elite level effort. You may not win them all, but you're competitive and at least you look interested in all of them. And that's been my problem with them on this, you know, when we're now what one for our last five, like we just don't look interested. Like we, like last night we jumped out to an 8-0 run and I'm like, yes, we figured it out. We're back home. We just had to come home. And then Phoenix went on like a 25 to five run with nobody don't look interested. And then with no. nobody, they were missing their top three scores, Devin book, his backup. And then I'm forgetting the other kid's name, but he's one of the best three point shooters in the league. Like they were missing their top three scores, two of their top three scores. And we just didn't care. Yeah, that, that team's best player was Mikael Bridges. Or DeAndre Ayton and those that a team with being their best two players. And Chris uh, Paul pouring in threes like it was 2014. And I like I can't Chris Paul is one of the athletes I despise them. We could do a whole podcast on reasons I don't like Chris Paul. But anyway, um that was that was a bad loss. And I've just been critical because like in order to be a championship team, you at least you at least need that championship effort most nights. And I would venture to say since that Milwaukee game, we have not put in a championship effort. I agree, and we'll see what comes up going forward. Uh, I think the schedule gets harder. It does. We've we've played uh, our easiest schedule, though. We do have a, a like a an easier game. Toronto's lost ten of their last fourteen. They're not a good basketball team, but we play at Toronto tomorrow night at seven thirty. So we go north of the border for a tilt with Toronto in a game that we should have Been incredible this year. Yeah, but that's it. Like they have nothing else. All right, I feel like we're going to have to address it at some point. The League of Avengers. <laughs> we're going to talk about our fans' football league. We're one week into the championship game. Yeah. Uh, Rusty, you're down. I, I you're am. Out. Not out. It's close, man. You know, y'all y'all wanted a, a close championship game, and I uh -oh. feel like Justin uh -oh. Lumpkin and I. Uh-oh. Look what we got here. Let's go. <laughs> What's up, man? What's up, oh, man? What's going on, buddy? Uh, not too much. How y'all doing? We're good, man. Look at that little guest here. Nice little surprise. <laughs> I told Lump to get in here and tell you how trash you are. <laughs> and 
you'll win so that uh, y'all can, uh, one of y'all can take home this, this bad boy. Well, that's, that's what I was wondering where I needed to come pick it up at. Oh, yeah. there it is. You think you got it already, huh? <laughs> yep, yep. I, got, I got a spot right back here. I have a shelf right here. It's going to sit right up top. I got a stool. I can set it right here. It'll be in this view every week, man. It'll look so good right here. There you go. (laughs) Love, how you feel? Oh, man, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, As far as the match, man, it's it's close. If if I could have got a few more, a little bit more production out of Tyreek there at the end, could have pulled away. Nine points, though. That's like another player. I'll take it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, my my one of my top receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, got me 1.4. Like, he yeah. laid an absolute egg. And it was expected with Trace McSorley as your quarterback, but uh, needed a little more than that. And so I uh, oh, definitely yeah. got a little hole to dig out of. Right now you're projected to beat me by 20, um, but you never know what's going to happen. Oh, that's true, man. I mean, anything can happen. Uh, it's always good to have an advantage, but you never know what's going to happen week to week. Sure. Somebody could drop a zero, somebody could get hurt. It all, all comes down next week. Oh, I can yeah. tell you right now, Lump, I can tell you one thing that's definitely going to happen. What's that? Uh, I, it is not happening that I'm sending this trophy to South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> so, you think so? or Rusty's going to have to come home. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey Lump, I'm, I'm glad you're here because I do have a question. You know, our game is great. Um, you know, I think we've got a, a really good championship game coming up. It's going to be fun to watch this week. You know, I, I think there's a lot of good football to be played. But I want to ask your opinion about something. You know, we, uh, we've given him a hard time all year long because like, he just didn't have a great team. He wasn't there on draft night. Jordan Woodruff, man, just, just wasn't yeah. there. Yeah. Did, did you did you happen to see what he did last week in the first round of the playoffs? Uh, I did not. Do you know why you didn't? Because nobody it? cares if you're not in the playoffs. <laughs> but what happened was Jordan Woodruff, who wasn't there on draft night, had his team picked for him by somebody who doesn't know anything about football, is adequately named the low-key losers, went 1-12 in the regular mm-hmm. season, and beat our league commissioner in the first uh, round of the playoffs, 202 to 163, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Do not call <laughs> this the first round of the playoffs, okay? This is not playoffs. This is the, this is the worst of the worst. I, I'm not setting my lineup. I'm not wasting my team, my time anymore on this team that sucks. I won't That's... set my lineup. I'm not going to do it next week. Mm. And the season's over. If uh, nobody grops at the Texans this year uh, for what happens in the first round of the playoffs when they miss it, okay? <laughs> nobody cares. I just, hey, uh, it's, it's just interesting. I didn't know, uh, I, didn't, I didn't know what happened there, Commission. You kind of, that sounds like an excuse to me. But uh, shout out to Jordan Woodruff to play. At least he played all the way through, Commission. At least he played there all the way through. I. A loss I, is a loss. I mean, you got it happens. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Finish the season with a win. And uh, my team went to uh, uh, Cozumel. (laughs) (laughs) Took an early vacation, huh? Yeah, no. We're not working out right now. Uh, (laughs) The season is over. We're taking a break. (laughs) But, yeah, you've got the best team on paper, man. You've got uh, the second-ranked quarterback in Josh Allen, Tyreek at receiver, third-ranked running back in Josh Shavitz, man. Best team on paper, Tell us a little bit about your season, what you thought, how it went, um, any big moves you made. Tell us a little bit about it. Uh, really, I didn't expect it. We started off one and two. You know, people weren't producing. And then uh, 
we started coming live week four. We, we went on a four-game winning streak. But, uh, yeah, Jamar Chase go out for a few weeks. You had Zeke. He missed a few weeks, wasn't producing at the beginning. Uh, he finally come alive. They started giving him the ball a little bit more and compared to Tony Pollard. Um, yeah. you got, if you've got one of them, you hate the other one. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Zach had Tony Pollard. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, we, I made some good pickups as far as uh, I don't, I can't remember if I drafted Tyler or Tyler Lockett or not, but he he filled in good for Jamar Chase whenever he went out went down. Um, let's see, uh, who else did I have? Uh, oh, the, the last week made a good pickup. Uh, I don't know if you was gonna look into getting him or not, but Evan Ingram to try to keep yeah. him from getting from me. Yeah. I made sure to put my bid right above your budget amount, so I made sure to get him. <laughs> that was a good pickup. I was going to bring that up, man. That's like you. He got hot at the right time, and you picked him up, man. I I, uh, I I wasn't looking at him. I was looking at trying to find a running back replacement for Jonathan Taylor, which I did not find. Jerry yeah. Cannon's been serviceable. I mean, a thirty-point game that got me into the, you know, into this into the championship game. But uh, but Evan Ingram was a phenomenal pickup, particularly with um, you know, the tight end really being top 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 heavy position this year um yeah. outside of like Kittle and Kelsey there wasn't a ton of great ones and so that, that was a solid pickup at the end of the year yeah I knew I had to find somebody because uh Foster Moreau even though I had him wasn't producing and then Darren Waller was coming back so I knew he they just need to get rid of him so yeah. and Ingram Ingram produced pretty good yeah, you could have given me three guesses, and I don't know that I could have told you who Foster Moreau. Played. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a tight end class that is just trash. Yeah, so, yeah, I know because I drafted the king of the trash pile, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, uh, since you're here and I'm seeing your setup now, I think me and Russ has been going back and forth about how we need to improve our setup, and I think we just need to get you to. Come hang out with us tonight. Yeah. Good oh. oh man, it's I got moved in this new house. I'm just trying to get everything set up. Still got to paint the walls a little bit and then uh get a few more structures put up like the shelves and stuff like that. But it's all about I mean, I got a camera, good camera, and then it's all about lighting. You know, if you can yeah. get to a good room, good lighting. I got a key light up here to the top right. Uh yeah. but I mean that's that that's about it. Drew, uh, Drew, Drew needs all the lighting he can get, wheel. man. <laughs> yeah, I want to see you on that steering wheel. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I'll I'll be streaming on Twitch once I get what's back your, into it. What's your game of choice? Uh, right now, I I do i racing and uh COD Modern Warfare Two Warzone mm-hmm. mainly, and then uh, well, I I play a little bit of everything. What's honest. your uh, what, what's your Twitch handle, man? Give it a shout out to our listeners out there. Uh, yeah, guys, go follow me on Twitch. Uh. I've been out of the game a little bit while I've been moving everything, but uh, J-Lump on Twitch, that's my handle. Just go give me a follow. It'd be much appreciated. All right. Yeah, we heard it here first. We've got an international following, Lump. You might be an international Twitch streamer now. There you go. There you go. In Belgium and the Netherlands, India, and Mexico City. Y'all go give him a follow and uh, keep up with him on Twitch. Hey, guys, any little bit helps, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, Lump, I'm cheering for you, brother. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I'm cheering for you. Y'all both, gonna gonna bring Y'all both going to be sad when that trophy's right here in Merle's Inlet, South Carolina. <laughs> uh, I'll have to look at it for a whole year. Uh, I will be sad. <laughs> Go for it again. There it is. Right. Thanks, Lump. Appreciate it, guys. All right, man. See ya. See ya. Well, well, well done. <laughs>
I, I tried to get him on last week. Yeah, he works night shift. Couldn't get in last week. So I'm glad Lump jumped in with us this time. Yeah, good dude, man. Glad to get jump on. And um, I think it'll be a good championship game for y'all this weekend. And uh, I like. He's just too nice. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he told you good luck at one point. Yeah, he, he uh, you wanted him to come in for the blood, but uh, we, yeah. you know, we're uh, we're competitors, man. It's good, but hey, and shout out to you, man, because I'm in I've been in some leagues, and my family league is like this. We play all the way to the end of the year, and you get so many guys sit out that last week that it ends up being like, I mean, it's a good strategy week because you got to pick and play and place the guys in they're going to play. But I'm glad it ends this week while most of the stars are still playing to solidify playoff position um i think it'll be a good weekend for some fantasy football yeah i do too i do too i uh i'm looking forward to it because what i wanted more than anything was for it to be competitive mm-hmm. and uh go, being competitive going into the last week mm-hmm. so yeah we're uh, seven points separated i think you know he's projected to Go for 246. I'm 226. You can't put a ton of stock in that because it's going to change throughout the day. Um, but I, you know, I anticipate this will be a pretty close matchup, uh, an opportunity for some for some from fireworks and uh, exceptional fantasy football this weekend. So I'm just glad to be a part of it for sure. Uh, yeah. Not, not losing to the low key losers, acting like I don't care. But anyway. I mean, you you can't. <laughs> nobody cares what Vanderbilt's doing right now. The season's <laughs> over. They. I don't even know why the fantasy football league even has consolation brackets in here. So that I, you can lose to the low key losers. Your cousin will point it out to me. Shout out to Kurt. And we'll talk about it. On well, the you podcast. know what? That's another guy who's not in the playoffs. <laughs> so with all of the time on his hands, maybe he should be figuring out how to fix his fantasy football team while he's at it. So speaking of fantasy football, real quick, as we're starting to wrap up, like we play for the Stanley cup. Right. Like that, for, yeah. For the victors, they get the Stanley Cup. Have we thought about a punishment for the losers? Talk for a second. You know, I've seen uh, there's so many good ones that pop up online. I saw one of my favorites recently is you have to play around a round of golf in a dress. You know, <laughs> hilarious punishment. I've seen tattoos. It's a bit extreme, but I, I wouldn't be opposed to it that the team, the the rest of the league designs your tattoo, wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, I think it adds another level of competitiveness, right? We've had our own commissioner tonight, ladies and gentlemen, admit that he does not care about fantasy football anymore. Oh, my God. A loser punishment would prevent some of that. I'm so not the loser. Well, I'm, saying, I'm just saying, I'm not saying you are, but you're in the consolation bragging and you lost to the one in 12 Houston Texans of our fantasy football league. Shout out to Jordan Woodruff. But all right, let me tell you something. If we were to ever do a punishment league, it would not take into consideration at all the consolation bracket of the playoffs. <laughs> Just like it could. the NFL draft does not award the uh, first round pick to the first loser of the playoffs. No, but it does improve your draft pick, though. It improves your draft stock if you lose early. That's not what I said. <laughs> so, anyways. So I ordered the decals and stuff for the trophy to, for whoever wins. Mm-hmm. And I got to spend this little wheel on the website. And I got a free, less than $25 loser gift. And this is what it is. It's a mirror <laughs> that says, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the biggest fantasy loser of them all? Mm-hmm. So what I'm thinking now is that instead of this trophy, um, when you lose on Saturday, on Sunday, I'll send this to you. <laughs> in Burlington, South Carolina. It's pretty. No, 
pink. And look, it's even got your face on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that should go to the person who finishes last in the league. That's where that should go. That's at least a start. But I think we should do like an off-season poll. Maybe we do it on here. We get the members on. We're interviewing one by one, get their take on it. But I think some kind of punishment would be good to go along with the Stan Lee Cup. Okay. To, uh, to that that was the punishment I had in mind, but it was free. <laughs> it reminds me i went to uh i went to trivia last week and it was an ugly christmas sweater party and it, you've probably seen this before but guy walks in with a mirror taped on his chest for the ugly christmas sweater yeah yeah my ugly christmas sweater says it's got a santa on it with a little elf beside it mm-hmm. and it says when i think about you i touch my elf i've worn it for every year for like five years it's extremely too small now, but I don't care. <laughs> that makes it even better. <laughs> so that's all I got, Buckets. Yeah, man. Thanks, Drew, for being here tonight. Big shout out, Justin Lumpkin, man. Thanks for being here tonight as well. It was a nice little surprise uh, as we wrap up our Fantasy Football League. Again, guys, like, share, follow on all your favorite platforms. That's how we get word out. If you enjoy it, if you don't, doesn't matter. Uncle Buck and I are going to be here week in and week out giving you our hilarious takes, outbursts, and see what happens. Uncle Buck, you're right. Our thoughts. Uh, you're right. I will give my hilarious takes and <laughs> here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Just appreciate everybody for tuning in still. Um, it looks like everything has worked out just fine. It is 801 and the revs start in just a few minutes. And so uh, it's one of those things. It's bittersweet. Um, I'm not super pumped, and I've not been super pumped about watching Ole Miss in the Texas Bowl. However, when I think about the fact that I will not be able to watch Ole Miss play football until Labor Day, mm. I'm going to tune in. I'm going to watch every down of it. So, uh, go Rebs. Uh, beat Texas Tech. Um, come back from Houston in one piece and go get some more. <laughs> go get some more blue chips for me. Give us your thoughts on the bowl game tomorrow on the blog, whatever happens. Even if it's short and sweet, give us your thoughts. All right. You got it. Again, Two Bucks Sports Pod on Instagram, Twitter, WordPress. Look us up. Give us a follow. That's the number Two Bucks Sports Pod. We appreciate you guys if you stuck around this long, and uh, we'll see you all next week. See you guys.